0: Today's show, I gifted Hayden 100 bucks. he gifted me $100, and we looked at the projected win totals for the 2022 NFL season. Some are off-base, mispriced, way out of whack, and Hayden and I both brought numbers, formulas, equations, maybe him a little bit more than I did, to Vibes. the table. Vibes, more importantly, to tell you where you might put your figurative 100 bucks heading into the season. How are you doing, buddy?
1: I'm doing great. Here's how you use your $100 for win totals. You go to (laughs) underdogfantasy.com. You deposit $100 using promo code the show. Guess what happens then? Then you get another $100, and you can play best ball, which is actually a good way uh, to bet on teams uh, (laughs) instead of these phony win totals. But you guys already clicked this link, so I guess we have to have some takes on this stuff as well.
0: We do, we do. And trust me, not all of these are going to be overs. I have at least one under under my belt. I have wow. no idea the teams that Hayden is going to pick here. None. I got a lot of we them. We did not compare notes. I'm sure that he was in the lab, you know, on the chalkboard with the numbers all floating around his head. And he might even hate some of his stuff. Like the equations might have put out some teams. that he's like, ooh, really? Yeah. Me? Mine's all feeling. Mine's all gut. Mine's all watching these guys and tracking their, you know, team progression and team building. And so we'll see. We'll see. I'm sure we will overlap, though. And that's, you know, the beauty of this entire process.
1: Yep. Uh, Let's get into it. Okay. Why don't
0: you go first? I don't want to steal all the thunder. Why don't you nominate the first team? And how much of the pie of the 100 bucks that you're contributing to them?
1: I'm putting $12.50 on this. I have eight of them. So I'm divided by $100. Uh, We're going with the Bears under 6.5 wins at plus 100. Now, this one is vibes and analytics. Last year, they won six games uh, based on their point differential. And I'm going to talk about this a lot. The reason why I like point differential, it is more predictive than last year's wins. The Bears were supposed to win 5.8 expected games last year. So this un- this uh, over under at six and a half is ahead of what they performed last year. In la- last year, they had Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks. Allen Robinson, James Daniels, Eddie Goldman, they didn't really add anybody. Their biggest additions were Justin Jones and Byron Pringle, who I, I would bet half the audience, including myself, doesn't even know what position Justin Jones even plays. So I think this team is just worse. I didn't like what this coaching staff was doing. We can talk about the wide receivers and all that stuff. But really, like Andy Dalton was better than Justin Fields. I'm not expecting that to always happen. But this team is in rebuild Tank mode, and if they were just as good as they were last year, they are still hit the under. And I would argue that this roster is worse than last year's.
0: Maybe we should have compared notes because this is one of my four as well. The under six and a half for for the Bears. Uh, look, I, I don't think that Ryan Poles is necessarily doing a bad job, like some people are saying out there already. I think this is what he has to do heading into twenty twenty two. He has to put Justin Fields in a tough situation that hopefully the second year player can. Overcome, And you just have to punt the season based on what Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy did to this organization and then look ahead to to 2023. But my question back to you is like, where is this roster good? You know, they cut Charles Leno prior to last season, and then he ultimately played really well for the Washington football team. They lost James Daniels, who was one of the younger free agent offensive linemen to a really good contract for the Pittsburgh Steelers when the most talented section of your roster is the running back position, I think you probably have some issues. And yeah. I think David Montgomery and Khalil Herbert are, are really, really good players. But when I look at the quarterback and there were times, but Hayden, even you and I, who like are optimistic, hopefully still about Justin Fields' future, it was almost that he only, could only stack series, not even like games back to back of like really quality performances. And I think a part of that was he was pressured at the third highest rate, of dropbacks last season 43 percent. so my, did they get better along the offensive line no they probably even got worse and tevin jenkins is still a huge question mark at one of those tackle spots and then again losing james daniels is a big issue on the interior as well so we're in lockstep with the chicago bears
1: the only concern i have is everybody is on i know center. and then the other thing is uh on uh, sharp football, they have a stat that looks at last year's strength of schedule compared to this year's projected strength of schedule, and the Bears' transition is the fourth easiest. So they went from a hard schedule to an easy schedule, but even with all of that, man, this is just just tough scenes. They're they're in rebuild mode, so I'm going to give Justin Fields a a little bit of a a rollover for next year as well. I'm not expecting the the biggest things. I think it's kind of out of his, out of his control.
0: But the floor could like totally fall out from underneath yeah. him. Um, they open with the San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, the Houston Texans, and the New York Giants in the uh, first four weeks. So maybe a two and two, like that's a, an optimistic look yeah. of of that equation. And to be honest with you, Hayden, I know nothing about their offensive coordinator, their play caller and Luke Getze. I think that's his name. That's yeah. on me. Look, Bears fans, if you're well, watching, that's on me. I will learn more as we go along, read some great stuff from, I'm sure, Nate Tice and Seth Galina and all these great people that do better work than I do on the X and O. So I'll learn more about that, but really with Matt Eberflus, who is the head coach. And I think a lot of us thought that they might go with the play caller standpoint, because at the end of the day, if you're the ownership, sometimes the young quarterback should be even more important than the coaching staff in terms oh, of yeah. investing and, and building and uplifting that. But Eberflus' defense was great, you know, in, in Indianapolis, but, Every single year, it seemed like they led the league in turnovers or turnover differential. And that can be tough. That can't be sticky. It was an ND underneath him. But I'm not sure if you can, like, translate that and say, like, oh, that's the foundation of how I build defenses. You know what I'm saying?
1: Now you're the stats guy. You came yeah. with the analytics. Just a thought. Um, just
0: a thought. And even where, like, Darnell Mooney is going in drafts right now on Underdog Fantasy, like, I would love it as a number two pass catcher. But now that he's a number one, he's a fun player. And I'm sure they are we'll going to scheme about
1: him a ton of, I know, I think that's going to be the thing. It's, it's going to be more play action than it was last year. And I think that's good for Darnell mini. They're also have the to scheme him touches. So yeah, I think Darnell mini will probably be kind of inefficient, but I think that he's going to get lots of volume this year.
0: Okay. I only have four. So I'm putting 25 bucks in the under six and a half okay. for uh, the bears win total. Now I'll go to my next unit and speaking along the same lines as where everyone's putting their money, the Philadelphia Eagles over nine and a half wins. Um, a little monologue here, if you'll stick with me. Who do the Philadelphia Eagles want to be? Let's start with the obvious. Number one, they want to be better than their opponents along the offensive line. Not just the starting five, but also have backups and depth. I mean, they are seven or eight deep with Andre Daler, Jack Driscoll, Cam Jurgens, Outstanding position coach as well. The same can be said along the defensive line. You know, mission accomplished, especially when you bring in Jordan Davis and Milton Williams to go along with. Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox, and they have a bunch of rotational pieces along the edge as well. They're likely faster at linebacker for John Gannon's defense. Maybe that, you know, restrained him a bit for what he could do last year. And then Howie Roseman makes a typical Howie Roseman move when you got there and get James Bradbury later on in the process after this long wave of the draft and, and free agency. But most importantly, you and I have talked about this on some draft streams on Monday night and behind closed doors. I think from the top down, the Philadelphia Eagles want to still throw the football. You know, weeks one through seven last year, almost half of the season, nearly 35 passing attempts per game from Jalen Hurts and nine carries per contest. That equaled a two and five record, Hayden. The next six or seven full games, it dropped to about 25 attempts per game and 12 carries. And they finished five and two in those. But again, from the top down, maybe it's ownership. Maybe it's, you know, again, Jeffrey Howie. and Howie Roseman and all this. They want to be top 10 in passing. And I think A.J. Brown, that draft day trade indicates this. And you pair him with Devontae Smith. I'm not saying that Jalen can do it, but I would be shocked if they don't open the season, despite of how they ended it last year, with trying to do it again and maybe shifting a bit quicker
1: than they did last year. Yeah, this this A.J. Brown trade was... To get them into this offense. They'll try it this year. And if not, it'll be with a different quarterback the following year. But totally agree. I'm also with you. Over nine and a half wins for the Eagles at minus 120 last year. They won nine games. So we're right in that ballpark. They had 10.2 expected wins based off of the point differential. They also go going back to that strength of schedule tweet. They had the 12th easiest upgrade from last year to this year as well. So the schedule is a little bit easier. Uh The AJ Brown stuff, you like really cannot undersell this. Since 2019, when he came into the league, he's the wide receiver five in yards per target at 10.1. The guy he's replacing, Jalen Rager, I have, there's 111 wide receivers that had at least 100 targets since 2019. Where do you think Jalen Rager was out of the 111?
0: I'm going to guess 108.
1: 108. See, you (laughs) are the analyst. 108 (laughs) at 6.1. That's a difference of four yards per target. So I think that this offense will become more efficient. Jalen Hurts was already in the middle of the pack when it comes to some of these efficiency stats. So throw in James Bradbury, Hassan Redick on the off, uh, on the defense. Uh, the Cowboys don't look as good as, uh, to me, the commanders, who the hell knows with them. We'll get to them in a second. Uh, I don't know. This is this is one of my favorite ones as well. I'm right, right there with you. I think a lot of people are on this, but I think they're on it for the right reasons.
0: And again, when they were top 10 in neutral pass rate last season, when they were throwing 35 times per game, they opened last season, Hayden, against the Falcons, the 49ers, the Dallas Cowboys, and the Kansas City Chiefs. That's a pretty tough, at least those final three, tough opening stretch. This year, again, when I think they revert back to that, Detroit Lions, Minnesota Vikings, Washington Commanders, Jacksonville Jaguars, that is a runway for Jalen Hurts to get it going, to get into a groove, not just with A.J. Brown, but we talked about it week after week. Devontae Smith was the only legitimate downfield wide receiver they had on that team, and he was still getting open. Despite all of the attention and the eyes and defensive coordinators knowing this, he was fantastic despite what, again, some of the statistical Measurements might say about him and just having him as a number two option next to AJ Brown, the sky's the limit. Now, I think the questions on if Jalen Hurts can do it are absolutely valid. It's pretty clear that the Eagles have these same questions because they are one of the 13 teams that are lining up a potential quarterback move in 2023, but it's all there for him offensive line to keep him steady, play calling that we know can shift to also winning ways and adjust the offense on the fly. And the personnel is there, too. So the Eagles over nine and a half. NFC East, always a bit of a chaotic pit, a mosh pit. But I I think I believe in the Eagles most of that entire group.
1: Yeah, so I'll correlate this as well. I have the commanders under eight wins at minus 110. First of all, Dan Snyder is one of the worst humans attached to the NFL. We have the season ticket scandals. We have the cheerleader scandal, the women in the workplace scandals. All of this is nonsense always is... uh hanging around with this team last year. They won seven games, but they were lucky. They were only supposed to win 5.7 games. This over-under is at eight, so we're not even close. This team probably got a little bit better, but the big stat, uh, EPA, which is an efficiency stat, and then completion percentage over expected, which is kind of an accuracy stat. If you combine those, Carson Wentz was 20th in the NFL. Taylor Heineke was 22nd. So we're not even talking about a massive quarterback upgrade. I will give you, it is a, a quarterback upgrade but it's not a massive one curtis samuel will be healthier uh they get Jahan dotson but the defense doesn't look uh that much better to me so I, I think we're just looking at a team that is like projected for a lot more wins than what they were last year and i think that people are probably overselling the quarterback upgrade with carson wentz the commanders are a mess carson wentz has been a mess uh i don't like how this team is just set up top to bottom Vibes You're-
0: Yeah, there are a few pieces that I really like about Washington. And obviously their defensive personnel is really good. And last year at the start of the season, it started off abysmal. And some blame Jack Del Rio, but some of it was Hayden just regression to the mean in terms of getting off the field on third downs. They were by far the worst team getting off the field. And a lot of it was giving up conversions on third and long. So they were like 32nd for weeks on weeks on weeks, months on months. And then jumped to like top three, top five to end the season. So it finished just about average there. I would expect them to at least be an average defense. Now, the offensive line, in comparison to what Carson Wentz just did, I would say from a personnel standpoint, is far worse. Yes. But if you looked at some of the analytics, the measurements, the grading of PFF, Washington Commander's offensive line last year played fantastic as a unit, as a group of five. Now, they've all spread in Sheriff, obviously massive contract and free agency. And just the names. Again, Charles Leno. Cut by the Bears. Shouldn't have done that. Andrew Norwell. Of course, Marty Herney and Ron Rivera bring him back. Same thing with Trey Turner. Two former Carolina guys. Chase really is a former six-round pick, has been great at center. And then you have Sam Cosme, really athletic right tackle. But there's no depth. I would even say, like, the starting unit, again, some of its parts, better than the individuals. And that concerns me a little bit. Like, I'm not sure if you can stack that same performance and expect that same performance year over year, because if one of those pieces crumble, if two of them crumble, you have a quarterback who under pressure. Not my favorite. Like absolutely disintegrates and you cannot trust him in late game scenarios or to carry you in those situations. So it's like a, when a weakness of the roster then impacts the weakness of a player too. You have issues, and I think that's what can happen with Washington.
1: Do you mind if I do another little correlated one real quick? Because i got a bunch of them. We're going to go to the AFC West, the most fun – uh division in the nfl i'm taking the chargers over 10 wins at minus 125 last year they won nine games they had 8.9 expected wins but they had the 29th best defense in the league the thing about defense joshy numbers all today hit me with all these analytics he (laughs) knows how much defense regresses you know what also helps uh defense regressing when you add khalil mack jc jackson sebastian joseph day Um, austin jackson kyle van wild You know, like this defense is going to get so much better. This will be Justin Herbert's second year in the system. They have an even better offensive line after adding another interior player uh, in the first round this year. So I just think that this is a bet on Justin Herbert. I know the division is just... It's a really tough division, but Justin Herbert is so good. They have the weapons in place. The offensive line looks better. They can still add a right tackle potentially. Uh, there's a couple of names on the market still, but to me this is just talking about defense. Betting against the defense being this bad. Brandon Staley's defense was number 1 2 years ago. He now he has the actual talent. Khalil Mack, Joey Bosa, uh, Derwin James, JC Jackson, man. Like we're, we're we can be they can go from like 29th to like 3rd this year. And I'm already betting on Justin Herbert. So I, I really like this one.
0: There are 10 teams with a projected win total of at least 10. The chargers are one of them. They're in there in their same division with the Denver Broncos. Uh, also projected at 10 and the Kansas city chiefs at 10 and a half. And then the Las Vegas Raiders aren't like too far behind at eight and a half. Like that just speaks. And to I have their under rate. eight. Oh do, yeah. Part of me wanted to say the over, but just with the AFC West and in general, I couldn't do it. I'm I'm with you. Like, Brandon Staley's defense is all about like preventing big plays in the passing game, but it almost was a detriment to them last year where they couldn't get off the field because they legit couldn't stop the run. It ended their season last year against the Raiders, right? Now you bring in legit badasses in Sebastian Joseph Day, Khalil Mack, and how you can move those pieces around with Joey Bosa. As well. I mean, even a Morgan Fox who, with Brandon yeah. Staley with the Los Angeles Rams as a role player and early on last season with the Carolina Panthers, was super disrupted. That'll help you get off in third and long, second and long situations as well. And then plus, maybe they run a little bit more, you know, man to man concepts with JC Jackson and paying him all that much money. I'm just a little nervous that it's not just us buying in the Chargers once again, it's everyone buying in the Chargers, but this feels different. Doesn't it? Doesn't the season feel different?
1: Uh, No comment. I'm going to go into the Raiders. Uh, I have the under at eight and a half. This is at plus 100. One of the few that you're not paying too much juice here. They won 10 games last year, but their expected wins were at 6.7. That was the biggest wins over expected based off of. Their uh point differential because they were seven and two in one score games. Seven and two, that was the fourth best record in those one score games. Uh obviously the strength of the schedule gets tougher this year compared to last year, just because you have the Chargers improving and the Broncos improving. Uh, and they were finished second in the division last year, which makes it a little bit different for your scheduling the offensive line and the secondary that's the problem here and I think that if you're looking at what uh what type of players kind of get overlooked in these type of markets I bet it's the offensive line and secondary are the two that kind of have the least amount of uh, name recognition and their wide receiver depth is non-existent we love Hunter yeah. Hunter Renfro and Devontae Adams and Darren Waller man who's their number three or not it's mac hollins Mac right. hollins so they are one injury away on offense from this kind of imploding the division's so much tougher and their secondary is still really bad.
0: I think we're still allowed to love Derek Carr in terms of hitting his, you know, most touchdown passes in a season oh, since yeah. I believe it was 24, 2015, especially Devontae Adams. Again, they were so bad in red zone touchdown success rate last season. Um, Josh McDonald's has been great at that. And you again bring in Devonte to go along with Renfro and Darren Waller, and a healthy Darren Waller certainly would help them. But I'm oh. with you. Like the right tackle spot, huge question mark for the Raiders and the cornerback position, you outlined it, I think. I think very well. I don't know. I'm. They were able like, to live through so much adversity last year, the Raiders. There are so many things that were stacked up against them, and they still made the playoffs and were just a couple plays, really a couple series away from toppling the Cincinnati Bengals. I think this team has heart. I think they have determination that might not show up in these models that we're talking about here, but low-key, I'm turned around on Vanilla serve because he's not. Yeah, he has some chocolate swirl go. in there with Derek Carr. And uh, I'm with you with the third wide receiver on that team. I almost brought this up to Ted Wynn in the video that you can all watch on the channel. There's no one like there, and they're not mentioned at all in the veteran wide receiver market. And maybe you can, like, you know, transform a role player out of Matt Collins going vertical, Keelan Cole with the ball in his hands and. Um, there's
1: one more Demarcus Robinson,
0: Demarcus Robinson, who has a lot of starting experience as well, but a little nervous in totality. Yep.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, heart and determination, those regress. That's that's my take. That's what the models telling me. Okay,
0: uh, I will go now. And again, all of Hayden's are what twelve dollars and fifty cents. Since you have eight exactly. of them, I only have four of them. I can't count that high. Uh, so we're gonna flip on over to the Baltimore Ravens. Yes, the Baltimore Ravens over. I know the AFC North is potentially loaded. The Bengals are in the Super Bowl. The Steelers likely truly upgrade at quarterback if Kenny Pickett can hit the ground running, especially going through an offense. And the Browns are waiting on a Deshaun Watson ruling for if and how many games he misses for the 2022 season. In fact, their win totals even off the market right now. But no team across the league, all 32 teams improved more from just getting healthy than the Ravens. Ronnie Stanley only played 68 snaps, one of the best left tackles in the game. J.K. Dobbins, Gus Edwards, played zero snaps. Marcus Peters, zero snaps. Marlon Humphrey missed a handful of games. Rashad Bateman missed the opening five contests. We forget Lamar Jackson missed a few contests as well. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. If we brought a Ravens fan on here, he would tell you how many players they had on IR it had to leave the league last season. And I thought the team was dead in the water at points. We talked about it on our previous shows. Talk about Hart, they still went 8-9. and And it's a hot start that's potentially here too for the Ravens. They start with the Jets, the Dolphins, and the New England Patriots. So again, all those injured players that they get back, I feel better about this team, but they didn't stop there. Key additions, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton to play, and DC Mike McDonald's new scheme that he's going to have out there. They're not going to be beaten by all these man beaters that were able to because they continue to add depth on that defensive back. Plus, offensive line, not just Ronnie Stanley returning, Tyler Linderbaum, Morgan Moses to play at left tackle, excuse me, right tackle. The Ravens, to me, are going to focus in on their strengths a little bit more, and this is a team that doesn't let you down year in and year out.
1: How they won eight games last year, I mean, their expected wins were 8.4. 8. How did they pull that off with how how many injuries they had? This is So, I, I'm right here with you. This is just... Like talk about the opposite of the commanders, a great organization. The vibes are always great Mm -hmm. over there. So I'm a, I'm a big fan of Rashad Bateman. So right there with you where, yeah, the Marquise Brown stuff definitely does stink to lose him, but I think that they're going to probably going to add a new wide receiver too. And I think that Rashad Bateman's ready to take a big step. We thought that he was going to be an absolute stud coming into the NFL. And there were some flashes along the sideline and on slants where I think that we could get, uh, just between Mark Andrews and Rashad Bateman, they just really do do need two guys. And then Devin Duvernay could be a scheme touch guy, yards after the catch guy. That's that's really all this offense or this passing offense needs with how good uh, of a rushing attack they have.
0: Yeah, and Nick Boyle missed a ton of time last yes. season. They they are a team that rotates all those different tight end groupings as well. Um, and look, it always sucks when you have to deal away your quote unquote top wide receiver. But Marquise Brown is a different top wide receiver than, you know, there's Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, like all these names. Devontae Adams, we've seen change teams over the last few years. And in fact, when you think of Hollywood Brown, you think of how much he impacts the game on these game changing vertical plays. Well, last year he caught just five of 30 targets that traveled 20 plus yards down the field. I mean, he was far more effective in that short area, zero to nine yards, 50 Catches on 65 targets. Guess where Rashad Bateman's going to shine this season? I mean, that is the area where we saw the chain mover where, without Marquise Brown, we're going to see so many more opportunities for Bateman. And Brown is never going to give you yards after catch capabilities, and Bateman will. I mean, he broke 36 tackles in college on just 147 catches. So Rashad Bateman's a really really fun player here, and uh, someone we're definitely going to talk about next week on our show where we talk about our second year players.
1: Yeah, totally love it. Uh, going on to the next one, I have the Patriots over eight and a half wins at minus one fifteen. Last year they won ten ball games. They were expected to win thirteen. That is wild. Like their point differential was elite, elite, elite. This is comes down to one thing, one thing only. Mac Jones is underrated. He was as a prospect. He was during his rookie season. The narrative really hasn't changed. I've seen a couple people plugged in that recently watched They're like, hey, there's a little bit more to this than you were expecting. He can run a little bit of, uh, around a little bit more than what people think. We have, they added Devontae Parker in Tyquan Thornton, which doesn't seem like a lot compared to last year's wide receiver group. That matters. Uh, I think Hunter Henry is not as a good target for Mac Jones. I think they're going to spread the ball out more. This offense is going to take a, a little bit, of a new wrinkle. And I think what's going to happen is we're going to get old Bill Belichick calling offensive plays. And if you're going to be betting against, against uh, Bill Belichick calling the plays uh, I'd like to see that. I want to be bet betting on Bill Belichick. I just think that Mac Jones is probably one of the most underrated quarterbacks in the league. I'm not calling them superstar, but we've seen second year uh, players break out. I can see Mac Jones in this kind of new style offense, having a little bit better season than he did. Last year.
0: Okay. It's May 24th. What do you think? a quote-unquote Bill Belichick offense
1: is going to look like Like, Who's it going to benefit the most in your eyes? I think it's just going to be more passing in in general. I don't think they're going to be super uh, under center and it's going to be as many uh, carries as it was last year. They, I mean, they have a couple guys that can go deep on Nelson Aguilar and Taequann Thorne, but I think it's going to be a Hunter Henry, Jacoby Myers, Devontae Parker, and I think you're just going to see a lot more spread Alabama stuff than what we got last year. I think they're going to put more onto Mac Jones played. And quite frankly, I think he earned it. Like they kept giving yeah. him a little bit more and more and more. Uh, so I think that you're going to see that, that playbook a little, little bit expand and not have to be like try, trying to hide him. You know?
0: Yeah. It felt like there was a two to three week span where they let him do that last year. They like took the training wheels off just a little bit, but Again, at this point, it was really clear what the Patriots wanted to be, and it's through all their additions, and it was a bully ball mentality. But they opened last year with so many offensive line injuries, and when Isaiah Wynn doesn't play at, well at left tackle, it kind of all crumbles around him a little bit. But then they were able to pick that up in the back half of last season and play at a high level on offense because of that. I don't know. I I think Josh McDaniels is a really good play caller. For sure. Um, and I think it's so clear that bill Belichick has this quote unquote coaching tree that goes on and gets high profile jobs. But when the tree comes back, it's been hit or miss. And none of these guys really have that much offensive coaching pass or it's going to be bill. It's going to be bill. Um, yeah, I mean, look, even with losing JC Jackson, I think the defense is still going to play at a high level. It always always does. They're always going to be fine. But what is it? Nine and a half. You said
1: eight and a half. Eight and a half. I mean, they won ten games. The the other part about this, I didn't list them. I'm not buying the Jets. I'm not buying the Dolphins. That was like those two quarterbacks. I I mean, those two quarterbacks. Like, we're really buying into them. Like, I watched them. I was not impressed at all with either of them last year. I'm not going to pretend that they're going to take some massive leaps. Um, So this is a little bit of a bet against those two quarterbacks as well. So, but if you take the Dolphins over or the Jets over, you basically have to take the Patriots under. Yeah, and I would rather take the Patriots over and bet against right. the Jets and be- bet on Bill Belichick. Yeah, you know me. I mean, what we
0: saw in twenty what nineteen, a lot of or twenty twenty, a lot of people were off on the Patriots bandwagon with Cam Newton and whatever they threw out there, and then you and I were back on it way before everyone else. Thinking, guys, it's still Bill, Bill Belichick. They're going to figure it out. They have a plan. It's it's going to work, and it did. It did work to some degree, and I still think like oh, they weren't given enough credit for that in a lot of different pieces. I don't have that same feeling this year. So I don't know if I can tag on my $12 and 50 cents, my double venti lattes over at Starbucks and call it a day.
1: So those are expensive drinks, $25 <laughs> drinks. What the hell are you drinking?
0: No, I just get an Americano.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't have a lot
0: written down for this, but I am one of those sheep. That's going to go with the Colts over nine and a half ones. Let's go. I'm there with you. Uh, talk about point differential. They were plus 86 last season. They also led the NFL in turnover differential. Um, We watched every single week this Indianapolis Colts team. They wanted to trust Carson Wentz, and they couldn't do it. Late in games, when they were close in contests, neutral game scripts, boy, oh, boy, Frank Reich realized, oh, man, my guy Carson, we can't let him do this. Even with a very talented offensive line, even with the best running back in the league, he can throw games away. And guess what? He was a major factor in that final week meltdown against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, to me, there's just a steady upgrade to what Matt Bryan brings the table. Do I think Matt Ryan is on the decline of his career? 100%. Does he probably have one or two or three years left? Easily. But look at just the last two years. Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, combining for what, 20 wins in that time span? Matt Ryan has enough left. He will take Hold of the football, he will control these games. He will put you in late game scenarios, managing those minutes. And uh, there's enough talent around this team right now, especially on the defensive side, and in key areas in offense, where I I believe in this cult seem to go over that nine and a half total.
1: Yeah, the re- the main reasons Matt Ryan being a a better vibe player than Carson Wentz and betting on Frank right here and betting against the AFC South. But then it's just the, the regression. They were two and five in one score games last year. That was bottom six in the NFL. They had 10.9 expected wins. They only won nine games. So we're talking about a positive regression team. And then they also get the six best uh, strength of schedule upgrade going from last year to this year as well. So there's a lot of things going in, in the favor of, of the Colts. I was debating between having the Titans under or the Colts over. And I ultimately went with the Colts over here. I just think that Matt Ryan. Yeah. He hasn't been as efficient as he was in the last couple seasons, but I don't think that he's totally done. So and the way this offense is set up in the dome, I think that they're going to be totally fine with him. Maybe Alex Pierce has a, a better season than expected as well. And I think that Michael Pittman has probably another uh, gear that we haven't seen um, in his first two seasons as well. So I think this is one of the, one of the best ones on the board and man, Worst case, bet against the Texans and the Jaguars um, and then this version of the Titans as well. And the Texans and the Jaguars are the two teams that the Colts open the
0: schedule with, uh, both at home, by the way, both at home. Um, Quickly, people got very mad with my takes on Jelani Woods on our Dynasty show. I I noticed that. (laughs) People get mad when you don't have the same evaluation of them. Look, Jelani Woods can do some good things. He can post up and use his size and run the seam and all that type of stuff. And I bet that that's how they use him early on and they convert some red zone touchdowns because of it. But I think there's just a lot of progression that uh, that needs to happen. And I think, Hayden, you and I can agree that Matt Ryan's had to navigate a muddy pocket quite a bit over the last two seasons. And there are a lot of occasions where he handles it really well, probably better than he would have 10 years ago, you know. Yeah. And left tackle still a little bit of a concern. least some question marks there. But, man, four other spots along this Colts offensive line should be really, really good. And uh, stabilizing and having trust. And I think a good play caller in in Frank Reich. And maybe, you know, having Naeem Hines do a little bit more here and there. Because arguably the best receiving back in the league, as Robert Mays said on this very show, um, I'm in. I'm in the Colts, and I'm a sheep for doing it.
1: I got one more, and it's probably going to be the one you hate the most. I don't know panthers over six wins
0: why you have to do this
1: so last year they won five five games they were supposed to win 5.7 expected wins. so they have to do a little bit better than that this year but here's here's the case (laughs) (laughs) they went they have the 10th best transition and strength of schedule from last year to this year though they won five games that was the worst sam darnold season you'll see It will be better. He'll be healthier or there'll be a quarterback upgrade that we haven't seen, whether that's Baker Mayfield or Jimmy G. If it's a competition, they're going to have the best one of that. I think just think Sam Darnold being healthier. He's going to be playing against or behind an offensive line that actually has some talent now. Like last year's offensive line, this year's offensive line are totally different. Christian McCaffrey is going to be healthy. They also have one of the youngest defenses in the NFL. A lot of these players are going to be going into year three. Uh, The Saints is a pretty fragile team. Obviously, the Falcons are terrible. Uh, So I think that this team is it's not my favorite team to be rooting uh, for, but they basically hit this win total last year with one of the worst quarterbacking seasons you'll ever see. Their surrounding uh, talent around him is better. And I just think that Sam Darnold himself is going to be a little bit easier. It's easy to see this team getting to seven wins here. I'm not expecting 10 or anything like that, but six is a little bit low. Uh, for how crazy last year's season was.
0: Fifth lowest projected win total out there. Uh, only w- below them are the Seahawks and the Jets at 5.5, the Falcons at 5, and the Texans at, at 4.5. So you're thinking over for the Panthers. I, it's funny you can even say it with a straight face. Um, look, what you said about the offensive line is absolutely true. It was maybe the league worst unit last terrible year. and taylor moten's a really good player and he's still going to be starting at, at right tackle uh, the other four spots are probably going to change um braden christensen probably plays that left guard spot you bring in bradley bozeman and, and austin court to play the center in the one of the guard spots and then obviously you spend a top 10 selection on on icky Quanu. so it's not like it's going to be most likely one of the worst units or one of the best but at least give league me average.
1: 20th give me 20th yeah. i'll take it
0: Le- league average should help um I'm in on Robbie Anderson where he's going in drafts, round six oh, and round seven. Right. But you mentioned Sam Darnold and this team. Yes, the Panthers opened last year at three and zero. Remember they made that move for Stefan Gilmore. They made that move for C.J. Henderson, thinking like, "Oh, we can make the playoffs this year." Idiots. Um, that run that they opened with three straight wins, Sam Darnold had three touchdown passes. The way that they got there was he also added three rushing touchdowns. And they were fluky. They were fluky. Now, could I see Ben McAdoo shaping this offense into being a bit simpler and not even asking Sam to necessarily like go through progressions per se? Probably. Uh, but I also think Sam was just broken. And he's not good. And he's never going to be good. And he played like booty with the Jets. And he played like crap with the Panthers. And I think that's going to continue this year. So maybe you're right. I think at most they win eight games. I don't see a really that's big an over. season, and that that's an over for your twelve dollars and fifty cents that you get. But I'm a bit nervous about this. Uh, it, it I'm not going to say it feels like the 2021 Bears, but it wouldn't shock me if we see a total overhaul here heading into next year too, and that's an easy outcome to envision.
1: Yep. So to recap, our hundred dollars is best spent on UnderdogFantasy.com promo <laughs> code. The show will deposit the match up to a hundred dollars so there's there's your win totals is on underdog fantasy you automatically get a hundred dollars in bonus money we have right. golf best ball now we might have a puppy by the time you're you're listening to this depending on when mm. you listen to this um and obviously best ball mania three with uh 10 million dollars two two million to first a million to second million to the regular winner so lots of stuff going on there as well go check out uh Charles has got mailbags on Underdog Network. We've got a bunch of stuff, Trill Show. There's a bunch of content uh, out there. But remember, the best win total out there is underdogfantasy.com. Promo code the show.
0: Okay. My ticket Eagles over nine and a half wins, Ravens over nine and a half wins, Bears under six and a half wins, Colts over nine and a half wins. That's how I'm dishing out my 100 bucks. Hayden, yours.
1: Chargers over 10, Colts over nine and a half, Eagles over nine and a half, Patriots over eight and a half, Saints over eight. Did I say that? I'm not sure if I actually got to that one. Panthers, no, you didn't. No, nope. that was one I was debating. Uh, that's a bonus one for the people out there. Panthers over six, and then the unders, Raiders under eight and a half, uh, Commanders under eight, Bears under six and a half.
0: All right, we will be back here on Thursday. Appreciate you all tuning in, especially on YouTube, the podcast feed. The likes, the subscribes, hitting the notification bell, that all works. Again, this is all building towards early June, Hayden's first dish out of rankings. I'll have mine in tow, but you know, his get the premier headline, top shelf signature out there as well. Um, so yeah,
1: Underdog sports I luck. cannot believe,
0: right. I cannot believe that you ended this with the Panthers. How dare you? You put me in a mood. All right, everyone. Thank you, Cole, Phil, Dayton tony matt nick all of you in the chat appreciate you go check out the other stuff on the channel and obviously the other channels we have on youtube for hayden i am josh up the Villa, everyone talk to y'all soon see ya